0: What we
1: Good morning, Monstropolis! It's a smooth 400 degrees outside as the world continues to burn. This is your daily reminder that artists and creatives have no value and should just get other jobs. And if you don't like that, we humbly suggest sitting on your hand until it feels like someone else is there for you. There's faithfully Rishi Sunak.
2: Oh my god! Welcome to
1: Line Check!
2: (laughs) Hi everybody!
1: I'm terrified! (laughs) as you can tell i'm a little did just,
2: does that just come off your head i
1: am a bit riled up this wow. morning because as of today october 7th um we have been deemed unviable as an industry by the as, government as people yes. uh here we are ladies and here's gentlemen here's the problem
2: <laughs> he seems to be under the weird assumption that all the actors and musicians and all the other artists don't already have two or three other jobs <laughs> right <laughs> to pay the bills it used to be some other weird like before lockdown we were all making tons of money and now we're not or something
1: oh we just decided we wanted to be a starving artist i could have been famous if i wanted to but you know i quite like sainsbury's
2: <laughs> there's good benefits
1: i'm sure there are far more than in music
2: i don't know if that's true yeah far more than in music
1: that all plan that- <laughs>
2: Oh, and the MU didn't even give me any money. I applied for what? the thing, and they were like, "Oh, sorry, now yeah."
1: Oh, sorry, you're too poor to help.
2: <laughs> they just didn't give back to me, so I was like, oh, "Okay, thanks." Well, to, uh, to be fair, there's thousands of people asking for money. There's like so many people on Universal Credit. You and me represent, represent. #UniversalCredit. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, So yeah. There's, there's, there's other methods, but yeah, I thought it was quite ironic that I've been giving them 18 pound a month and they won't give me nothing back.
0: <laughs> I'm paying for the good and service. Now I want my money back and the service. What is this, Brexit?
2: Well, why am I even paying them right now? <laughs> I don't need my million pound in case I crush a child at a gig with a speaker. I don't need that right now. Jesus. Uh... Right, sorry, do you want to introduce ourselves and all that stuff? Yeah, sorry. okay.
1: Welcome to Line Check with Jack and Fee. I'm your host, Jack, and...
2: I'm Fiona Liddell.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Yeah, the song that you heard at the very start of this episode, before I erupted... um, Had a breakdown. Had a breakdown. um, Was called Los Angeles, and it's a song that I wrote at the start of this year and then released during lockdown. And that kind of ties into our theme today about talking... Talking songwriting with Jack and Fee Ooh, Ooh.
2: creativity mm.
1: We're at the difficult third album, aren't we, Fee? This is the third episode, like, what do we do? Do we change? Yeah. Do we try and go more avant-garde? Do we go more Zappa-esque? Need-
2: I think we just do exactly what we've been doing where we just chat, to that be
1: sounds honest because,
2: let's be let's be honest Like our first episode came out today and we're already at the top of the, the Spotify and Apple uh, podcast charts which we knew was going to happen but let's yeah, just pretend will. to be shocked that people are listening and we're we're trending on twitter all that stuff's happened which is great um and we're delighted <laughs> and if people like it why why change it i think
1: i know i know if we, we are if anything um cash cow clowns for the for the proletariat elite? All right. right
2: <laughs> oh dear but no i think yeah it, the podcast at the end of the day is going to be mainly us two and our friends and our mums listening, so I think we're fine yes. to keep it as it is. Hi, mum. Don't have any Zappa-esque, hi mummy. <laughs> Don't have any stupid Zappa esque stuff coming in because I think we're fine just chatting the way we are
1: Fair about
2: enough. songwriting, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. So tell me, how do you write songs, V?
2: God, that's a big question, Jack. <laughs> that's okay, really sorry. I'll, ambiguous. I'll try. I'll try and make <laughs> it a
1: little more concise. Um, when you're writing, does the mm-hmm. music? come first or is it the lyrics? And which is more important it's to you?
2: A hundred percent the music that comes first for me. It's always mm. the music that comes first. So honestly what I'm saying is lyrics matter a fair bit less to me than they used to. I used to be like, oh it's gotta be original and profound and I gotta avoid all these cliches and stuff whereas now I'm like, the pretty words make sound good. It's fine. Yeah. There's not much <laughs> in terms of that's like a, The a, a sun is chords. sky
1: and I'm feeling high. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't do that. Okay, I do avoid some rhyming cliches and stuff. I try to be
1: a bit <laughs> so like
2: you know, a bit of wordplay and stuff, but the overall message doesn't have to be particularly like well thought out because i c I kinda realized quite quickly that the only person who's really gonna notice are really like Something that I imagine the lyrics say is just is, if I'm trying to you know express that it's not going to happen. So I'd rather have songs that people can take different things from and make their own arguments about. Like remember mm. we were playing in Strathern and Finn Paul. Big up to Finn Paul and his amazing Finn Paul. Amazing we music. love you, Finn Paul. <laughs> the oh, Finn Paul life. He's so um, I love him. He's so pretty. Um, he was the, I played we played Diamonds and Pearls that gig and I think he said it was about a breakup, which is interesting to me because mm. I wrote the song about. A, a much darker subject which i'll keep close to my chest for now but yeah it was interesting to hear different people's opinions on different songs so i prefer that than trying to you mm. know sell my propaganda through <laughs> through lyrics yeah um, claire
1: left me and i'm really sad come back my on bum drop <laughs>
2: <laughs> that'd be very good if sam's ex-girlfriend wasn't called claire so i may have to cut that. <laughs> Ooh, no, nah, I won't. That's fine. I find
1: Biffy Clyro lyrics entirely fascinating because it seems kind of like he. Do he, you? Yeah, because it it almost seems like some songs operate on a like one to one basis where it's like nonsense line, sincere <laughs> line about a relationship, another nonsense line. Um,
2: I've never played that close attention to it I, I do remember with Biffy Clyro when I was in Ghana like five years ago I was with lots of American like teenagers like 16, 17 year olds and they loved Biffy Clyro and they were trying to get me to translate the lyrics because they couldn't make <laughs> out what he was saying in his accent <laughs> so I was doing Bubble and I was like I mean, I, I, he is saying this but what it means I don't know I have no idea I couldn't tell you I'm sorry
1: yeah yeah oh my god that's a good song though but like but it, 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 it's it's definitely you know it's a piss take um yeah. because i think that a lot of biffy stuff is really good um but mm-hmm. it's the kind of idea of
2: of one serious line one stupid line yeah yeah
1: off off the cuff trying to make a, a sandwich out of serious and stupid lines like um you okay. say
2: your heart's on fire jelly toaster rishi sunak i don't know if that's a good <laughs> example
1: yeah, it was, it was like, silly, <laughs> sincere, silly. It's like, my unicorn is bleeding out. I miss you so much, Sarah. Why did you go away into the void, void?
2: Ah, oh, that's good, you know? that's good. That could be one. That could be one. Um, I might use that next time. Uh, going back to writing songs now. Um, Wait, aren't we,
1: aren't we writing right now?
2: Oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> this is Biff Claro's.
1: Aren't you taking this down?
2: Unicorn genocide. Um... Oh boy! So I'm writing songs now because I'm mainly working with Neil. What what tends to happen is that he'll have made a beat, if you know, that's what the kids are calling it, and he'll send (laughs) it to me, and I'll put I'll put vocals on. (laughs) Sorry, I'll start that again. And then I'll put vocals on top of it and send it back. So the song gets written that way. He gives me chords and Mm. sometimes even a scale or something to stick to. Um, And I'll, you know, write lyrics and a vocal melody over that. And that's the same principle of like, pretty words sounds good. You know, nothing like, Mm. I never write in first person anymore. I've noticed really. Mm. I tend to write fairly like, not third person, but just kind of statement sentences (laughs) or like, I don't know. I guess you could call it stanzas if you wanted to get spoken wordy about Poetry's it. Poetry's
1: yeah, not for me, Philadelphia.
2: I think I... <laughs> pretty much 2020. Every day of my life I'll say that.
1: Um,
2: and I be- I rarely use the word I, unless it's E-Y-E at this point, I think. That's deep. So how do you... So that's enough about my terrible, very inconsistent writing style. How do you write songs, Jack? I'm
1: um, oh,
2: sorry... Does music come first or do lyrics come first for you?
1: Uh, an excellent question, Fiona. Thanks for coming up with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, I came up with it. Super original, um, I know.
1: For me, it's weird. I used to... When I was first getting into writing, I used to do it all kind of in one go where I'd be coming mm-hmm. up with something... I think from the very start, music has to have been the catalyst, I think. I'd, I'd usually be playing around on guitar yeah. and usually... I, I play something by accident and I go, "Ooh." And then that realize was cool. it's a
2: cook song and then have to
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: come back to something else.
1: It ain't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, um so I, I would usually be playing something around on guitar and when I I'd surprise myself and go, "Ooh, actually I really quite like that." And then I have to retrace my steps and figure out what it was I did instead of necessarily starting off with you know like um a structure that i'm trying to fill or yeah like a mission statement you know i, I never sit down and go i need to write yeah. a song about this that hits these points let's go it always forms itself and i quite like that see about. i
2: think you're listening to your music you you could assume that because you know fabric was about the mental health thing la is about mm. when you were in la um <clears throat> and a little bit about america too so i think you could easily think that you do sit down with like an, a proper like this is what i'm going to say mentality mm. so that's interesting
1: I appreciate that. I think, it, if, if assuming that's a compliment. Um, I didn't say it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take it as you will. Just I'm say, say, say my name again. again. Just say my name, please. Um, Jack X. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the, the way I kind of write as time's gone on and I've written more and more, I think now I'm at the point where I almost completely separate them, where I think I've been influenced enough by so many of the poet friends that we have that mm-hmm. I write the lyrics with the intention of it working on its own potentially like yep. n- not to say that my that my work is on par with poetry but I'm trying to write it
2: I would say it is Aww, as someone you. Because you hate who it, thinks though. poetry is not for me i very much say it's <laughs> oh, in the same vein you must view. hate
1: gigging with me um, it's the
2: exact same standard <laughs>
1: um, but yeah I think what I, what I do with lyrics is I try and write it on its own and put enough um, enough of a an oblique approach in it in the sense that like you were, yeah like you were saying before you like having your work being open to interpretation and i do too i, I yeah. every almost every line i write i try and write it so that there's a meaning for me because i know what the song's about and everything's maybe a bit yeah. more of a close to the chest reference and then everything mm-hmm. else could be interpreted in any other way so there's there's always my version and someone else's version to everything that i write well yeah. that's that's the intention at least um, so. What kind
2: of taught me that lesson Sorry to briefly interject Was I think in uni When we were doing One of our big hand-ins and You have to do a rationale For all the songs you put in And mm. then one of my rationales Was a very detailed Like this is what The song's about thing And then my, my, my professor Came back to me and said Yeah I didn't get Any of that And honestly I didn't really need To know it either And I was like okay <laughs> Cool So fine um, So I was like okay Clearly it's not Particularly important What well, I want the song to be one. It's the kind of thing Of like once art's out there is it really yours anymore
1: Mm, yeah, he and there's a really so. good quote What's by Dave Grohl. The our man, Dave mm-hmm. Grohl, best guy in the world. <laughs> um, I'm probably paraphrasing, but he says something like, mm-hmm. "The great thing about music is you can play a gig to seven thousand people, and they can be singing the lyrics back to you for seven thousand different reasons." Oh, and I, and I really that's like a very that.
2: nice quote. Me too. God, imagine playing to seven thousand people. Imagine
1: having anyone know your lyrics and sing them back. Oh God.
2: I know them well. Actually, one of our fun things is I always mess them up. But I know <laughs> the majority of them just in the wrong order. The amount of
1: times, the amount of times, dear listener at home, um, that we've been <laughs> doing a gig and afterwards you turn to me and go,
0: "Wait, what's the lyrics to that bit?" I'm like, "We've we've yeah, performed this song
1: about at least ten times together," and and I go, "Oh, cool." There's a few the in there that I'm clearly go, singing
2: the wrong thing.
1: Nah, I had no idea. I've been singing something totally different. <laughs> but every
2: but the syllables, the vowel sounds are the same. So yeah. Yeah, it's all the same. It just, I just it doesn't add up in my head. Like, what's the one? Oh, I think
0: it's.
2: <laughs> that's, what are any of your songs called? Lim, limbo? No, Linchpin. Thank you. That's that Fine. Limbo's one of mine. <laughs> Lynchpin. <laughs> I think the chorus of that I always sing. A different sort of line to you. Kind of oh like yeah, that, that was one of the quintessential is.
1: ones but, with the the. Yes. And this is the, why don't we take this as an example? The chorus of that. Um, she. fills
2: the mouth I'll try and say what it is you tell me if I'm right she fills the mouths without stand I taste the ears in my breath she gives me promises to something a mouse to go yet Um, a fool to a gun the weather to my vein someone still needs the sun She's got me praying. That's what I think the lyrics are, and that's what I sing every time. What are they actually, Jack?
1: I mean, you were nearly there with half of them.
2: Exactly, uh, <laughs> I'm nearly there every time.
1: So the lyrics are: She feels the miles without step. I taste Oops, the I'm years. I'm singing stand. <laughs> she feels the miles without step. I taste the years in my breath. She gives me promises to vet and miles to go yet. Nope. And then and they then the out, ne- right? And then the next bit is "A fool to a gun, the weather to my vein. A stubborn still yes. needs the sun, but she's got me praying for rain."
2: I'm pretty bang on. There's a couple of words that are wrong, but I'm mainly pretty bang on. This is how little lyrics apparently matter to me. Fair I can't even be singing them properly when I'm doing it live. <laughs> God.
1: Fair enough. And to so be whenever fair, what was
2: it? Whenever someone says, "Oh, I can't remember the second verse of of my own song," I'm like, "Cool, it's your song. Nobody else knows it, so just you know."
1: how funny you're would it just be standing
2: up there by yourself say what you want
1: how funny would it be if you applied that logic to the dave Grohl model where everyone's singing it back and you well, just no. sing something
0: completely <laughs> incorrect and they're like hang on he's a fraud no. he probably didn't even wear his own socks he didn't write this song himself
2: my god no people i'm talking about who say this to me are usually like other singer songwriters or people mm. like like you and me basically who are doing a gig and like oh, i've completely blanked on that second verse and i was like cool i didn't notice because I don't know the lyrics. There's an argument that a lot of people say is that musicians listen to the music and non-musicians listen to the lyrics, and maybe that's true. Mm. I'm not really sure. Um, I think I think I put a lot of pressure yeah. on
1: myself in the way that I write because I I analyze you what I do you very heavily do. Um, for yeah. the lyrical content, but also I'd love it if musicians listening occasionally went, ooh, mm-hmm. what did he do there? Or like, oh, that was a little bit, like, you know, a little bit different um, or I like what he did A little did bit down. saucy. A little, a little bit saucy bit <laughs> a little bit sexy <laughs> <laughs> hi sorry I, re- I really loved your set you sound so good by the way Um, see when you changed to that G sharp minor 7th and that lick you played there, that was so sexy are you free later tonight? oh if
2: only, if only. what was it? I'm going to bring Every up Neil day. the Gardener again I think it was one gig <laughs> a girl came up to him and said something like oh your bass playing was amazing and I'm pretty sure he thought she was a witch and just did it was like thank you and just backed away
0: <laughs> wait you're not a 60 year old man who was also a bassist didn't know
2: how to handle it exactly That's and that so same good. thing we were talking about last time kind of happened again where um, someone like a 60 year old man at a wedding tried to come up and shake Neil's hand whilst he was playing bass
0: <laughs> like, why did they do all this all people would know what? I need my hands <laughs> you play bass as well <laughs>
2: You just told me we play the same instrument. What are you doing? Oh, that's so
0: funny. Is that the 1996
1: oh, Fender, eh? Oh, it's a bra instrument, that. <laughs> Gonna give you the first bump. So I'm about to slap the fuck out of the face.
2: <laughs> See, this is quite a niche uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose we, we are. Um, making it a little bit exclusionary but to be fair
2: oh, it's so to racist. be fair
1: if you're listening to this podcast we've already established in episode one that you must be literate and <laughs> and second of all that you probably have an interest in music and let's yes. face it most until you hit the big time most fans of music are musicians so yes so let's let's stop lying to each other
2: um anyway moving on so you were saying before that you released uh, the song at the start of the podcast, Ellie. You released that during lockdown, and I, I did, wanted yes. to talk about. Yes, you did. Uh, I wanted to talk uh, about the difference correct. between releasing music during lockdown and before. Is there a difference? Is there? Is it pretty much the same? Obviously, we can't tour or do like a release or anything publicly. So, mm.
1: I mean, I think what's the scratch? This is this is the downside. Is as as art and music is getting a lot more. I suppose digitized in that sense. You can release it anywhere, and you, you, you're you at the point where because recording equipment entry or like, you know, intermediate level is so much more accessible now than it was 10, 20, 50 years ago. Yep. You can technically put something out that sounds professional from yeah, almost from anywhere. From your bedroom. Um, yeah. And um, I think. You and I both done that, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lot easier to then. Um, only see a digital response or any form of metric and form of measuring how well mm-hmm. it's done whereas if you do a gig and people like yeah. it and people have bought a ticket then that's that's two or so different ways that you can tell that it was a success people say they enjoyed yeah. it to and your face and it's a bit more contact. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's contact and there's also the fiscal response where mm-hmm. people have paid for your product whereas online almost everything is free and you really need to commit to something to want to yes. pay for it um or Definitely. even to just pay more than 5 seconds of attention before you dismiss it and keep scrolling so i think oh, yeah. i think yeah. to release something online is really different but i think yep. the focus of almost everything since the pandemic hit has been online and i think at first it seemed like a really golden opportunity but then when the whole industry it changed did, yeah. because, because we're going hey everyone's sitting at home with nothing to do and we're all on our phones we've got a real captive Let's audience all-
2: blast them with releases yeah if
1: we release a lot of music everyone's gonna be able to listen to it because no one's at work or no one's doing anything else um and let's do a live stream and
2: but then everyone there was just a tornado of just releases and people doing live streams as we said last week um and releasing stuff and it was just again the same as exactly. always really and it's just over there's an overwhelming amount of music new or an adult yeah
1: and to get through it all and to even yeah find something that you like invest in it and go yeah i really like this i feel like most people day to day either don't care enough don't have enough money or they're Mm -hmm. supporting their friends because they're also a musician you know um it's it's really difficult to be able to measure success when everything is a vanity metric i think likes on facebook the numbers of views or shares or streams that you have doesn't actually equate to someone necessarily being a fan and i found over yeah. over the last however many years of my career it's been really difficult to try and process that and turn it into something actionable
2: so like occasionally you'll get an interview or you'll get like a an, an added thing to a playlist or radio play or something mm. And i think that's more tangible
1: yeah um, but even then it's almost like what what do you do once you've got it unless it leads to something like doing another gig or you're getting enough of a real live response when you're performing it kind of feels like it's it's great that people are listening and that's that's what i want from everything if more people to listen if possible um but Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like we're putting so much onus and gravity on the metrics of how many people have streamed it or whatever on spotify spotify yeah rarely Ooh, i made rarely... my first
2: dollar sorry hey well, <laughs> well done well, side done. celebration Woo. That,
1: that's that's my point that's exactly what i'm trying to talk about is, <laughs> is spotify so rarely rewards musicians in a financial sense yeah. because un- unless you know about this on the industry rate uh, it's it's about depending on the country and whether it's
2: 0.0034 pence yeah. is what we get for each play um, but it's okay just keep releasing music constantly and you'll make money according to that, co- that co-founder guy So yeah
1: but it's, it's like that's, that's problem the problem how, how do you do that without burning yourself out and spending like because depending on yeah. you know what what um, platform you use to release stuff even something mm. as um, like entry level and affordable as like CD Baby or Distro Kid where it's, you pay yep something like a yearly fee like a yearly something. fee for about like 10 pounds or whatever or 20 pounds mm-hmm. uh, and then you can release as many things as you want that's great mm-hmm. but then you need to get already ten thousand streams back. a year to be able to afford <laughs> Oof, yeah. how much it how much it costs to put that music out and it's i make myself feel it, better it's,
2: by saying i can claim it back on tax so that's oh yeah that. totally
1: but then it's like we just <laughs> get
2: it back from the government <laughs>
1: yeah thanks government you helped us once cheers um, my biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, it it feels really difficult because say you got a million streams on spotify that's great yeah what, what then if, if you do because like, it's become such a global game that if you listen like you can listen to anything anywhere and that's great for virtually mm-hmm. no money so for yep. example imagine i got a million streams on a track um, worldwide Woo. woo. Um, and then i decided to go and do a couple of shows in the cities or the countries where most of these streams were oh. i'm
2: really big in brazil Sweet. sorry <laughs>
1: according um, to
2: the algorithm um, but yeah. i'd go tour in brazil or you go tour in uk or america or something
1: but here's the thing if a lot of our fans and most most of the people who know us in the uk are already mm-hmm. so overwhelmed by the fact that everyone's constantly inviting everyone to their Facebook live stream or even when we're in peacetime inviting people yep. to your, to your gigs Well, is are we not at war right now?
2: at um, war against the Germans yeah, when yeah, will I my
1: husband right. return and from the war? EU <laughs> <laughs> um, when
2: will he return from the
1: EU the bitcoins of Normandy um, but, but uh, yeah it seems like it's so overwhelming as an audience member that unless it's almost your full-time job to to go out mm-hmm. and see and enjoy gigs, like the we've all we've all been there. You've you've got an event or you've got a gig. You invite a lot of people over um, on mm-hmm. on your Facebook event, and a hundred people say they're going. the The amount of people that actually commit it's it's a huge thing to commit to something time wise, yeah. going somewhere physically different, and paying support someone and that's yeah that's unite. and i i I understand when people say that they can't do or they don't have any any energy or they're doing their own thing or they haven't
2: got any money yeah that's something i do want to change post-pandemic is going to more gigs because it's kind of made me realize exactly the points you were saying they're committing something is a big deal but the, the very simple fact is, what you're going to do, other what I would do if I wasn't going to my friend's gig on whatever night it is, would probably be just staying in. And I know that's important as well, getting some time to yourself to check in mental health wise and stuff. I'd be staying in and doing work or something like that. I might as well do that tomorrow and go to their gig tonight because we'll have another gig for a couple of months. So,
0: hmm.
1: yeah, you it, know it, what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it feels it's...
2: like I know it's a big commitment, but honestly, it seems more worth my time than whatever I'd be doing otherwise. So I'm going to try, if we ever get gigs back, to go hey. to more of my friends' gigs. I was pretty bad at that before, I will admit. So I want to get better.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's that point that we made earlier where it's the same for a, a Facebook group or as as a live real community. If everyone's only plugging their own thing, we can't really yeah. be surprised if no one comes to our thing, right? It's this problem that I think releasing things digitally only amplifies these problems and for me the Mm -hmm. insecurities that come with them because if you don't get a tangible big response like you see so many other artists who probably have like multiple managers and thousands of pounds for ad placements and playlists.
2: Yes and no yeah I've I've weirdly found hmm. sorry this is just through the local heroes thing Hmm. I've found a lot of independent artists who are managing you pretty well in lockdown times to get like a couple of thousand streams and that kind of thing without Mm. a manager or anything and it whereas before the pandemic i would have gone oh well whatever like good for them they clearly just got lucky now i'm like oh cool i'm gonna follow that page see what they did and try and recreate or like take influence from whatever they've done to try and see if i can get mine to that stage Mm -hmm. which i think is a more positive attitude and yeah managers and all that stuff can happen and i'm sure it does but i've seen a lot of examples of the last few months of people just doing really good social media and actually and paying off. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, which yeah, it's, one is it's definitely a huge, more correct. You know, I'm
1: not trying to say that being, you know, consistent and, um, and really driving social media doesn't work. It just feels like mm-hmm. at times it's easy to, to be overwhelmed and feel like you're just almost screaming into the void when everyone's doing the yes. same thing and it's hard to mm-hmm. catch someone's attention. Right. Um,
2: Yeah, Mm. I'd agree with that. But this is to go back briefly to your point about um, the the idea of yeah, just not commenting on other stuff and things like that, and not promoting each other's stuff. I think things like What I've seen a few musicians do, including myself, I'm just going to plug my own playlist right now. (laughs) Um, Is taking, is making Spotify playlists and putting all of their favorite songs into one and sharing. Just sharing other people's music is a very basic, simple start to what we can do to improve the community Mm -hmm. and and improve the feedback and the kind of you know the the whole of self doubt you're talking about. It's a good way to combat that because everybody likes someone saying something about something they did. Everybody likes that. There's nobody who doesn't benefit from that. So even just sharing that you heard a song on your Instagram story for 24 hours is brilliant for that artist. I think more people need to do that. Yeah, totally. I would say. Don't just have to do a playlist or a whole whatever, but yeah, just sharing what you're listening to on social media. It will really, even if if the artist doesn't tag you or reshare it, that's not really the point. The point is that you're trying to promote somebody else's art. Mm. Um, And I think that'll just make... That's like a very tiny first step to making it a slightly more inclusive and beneficial community.
1: Yeah, we've got to we've got to take care of each other on the ground level, or there's no building up, is there? Yeah.
2: What is your ultimate goal then, Jack? If not numbers, if not streams, if not, you know. Oh, don't what, get me wrong. What is your goal?
1: I would I would love to have like a lot of people listening to listening to my music. It just feels like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. It, it would be really nice. I guess my goal is to just have some of that response you know to feel mm. that that affirmation to have what that, i'm
2: talking about the sharing and the yeah. talking about you know this and, is what i liked about it yeah. yeah and
1: to have people listen to the work that you do and acknowledge yeah. it and say hey that took at least time if not talent you know <laughs> um,
2: you spent some time on that didn't you, you yes took good a for couple you of
0: hours didn't you that's will oh. give you a nice start right on the refrigerator
2: throw it on the refrigerator see i get that one but that's not simpsons is it that's family guy that's family guy i think a lot of artists want the same thing they want people to respond not just like it or share or um or view it for two seconds and keep scrolling they want people to literally reach out and say hey man i liked that thing Mm. so if we can all start to do that a bit more if you hear a song you like you know Talk, send the artist a message or just share it or whatever and i think if that will help artists feel a little bit better during this time where they can't get that human contact that they usually get from live gigs hmm, if that I makes agree. Sense.
1: yeah another thing that i'd really like is for there to be an industry when we when we can all leave our homes that would be nice if we <laughs> that could would be go and sick, gig
2: yeah I miss gigging a lot. Um, But Mm. this isn't a gigging one. This is supposed to be about (laughs) songwriting and song releases and stuff and that kind of thing. So maybe we could move in a little bit into writing music for other things, like you write music for poetry a fair bit. Mm. I've done a bit of film composition and obviously some poetry music as well. So Mm. how do you go about writing music for poetry, Jack? As if Kevin MacLean hasn't asked you that question 56 (laughs) times on his other podcast.
1: Um, I don't know how
2: he does it. It's amazing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um i think a lot of it um really starts off with knowing the direction that you know the poet or the artist that you're working with
0: has in the their passwords? Yeah, well. yeah yeah we, we used to do um back when there were gigs in the before four time Ooh. um in the old country <laughs>
1: um back then um we had a run of Open mic gigs at Bohemia, and these mm-hmm. were some of my favorite shows. I think because it was oh, I loved It was them, two yeah. hours um, every Tuesday night. It was completely free to sign up and also mm-hmm. to come as a as, as an audience member. And there would be a huge, huge variety of poets and spoken word artists who would. Mm-hmm. Um, we we made it almost into a bit of a game because <laughs> for the first gig or so it was a little bit difficult because I was the only musician um yeah to provide a full organic soundtrack to each person's poem without having heard it at all in this
2: quite large venue as well And yeah, you hadn't heard it yeah before.
1: um and we we sort of turned it into a bit of a game and i think it really it really helped me with my um like off the cuff improvising skills um because i, I yeah, was you just need to
2: be a good improviser with that stuff yeah
1: playing an uh, began with an acoustic guitar, so even the range of effects it had to be entirely what was happening in the music. Instead of, you know, putting it through a delay pedal and it sounding different or making it sound more aggressive, I started bringing an electric guitar and a, a pedal board um, at a later gig, so I could customize it a bit more once I got a hang of the structure of the yeah. night. But we came up with a game where each poet would walk up on stage and they could turn to me and have three buzzwords um mm-hmm. that they could use to describe either the tone or the direction or the overall story of what they were going to talk about um and i had to come up with a track based on that and it, it became mm-hmm. i think it became like a really fun sort of hallmark of the gigs um where yeah where i almost didn't want any more than three because it was it became a challenge and it became um something that i could really I try weirdly, and be creative love it. around the limitations I-
2: I've had an idea. I think it would be absolutely brilliant if one of these gigs, they just give you the buzzwords and they go through it and you know all the live poets and you do all their poems, but you play the same riff for every single <laughs> poem. I think that'd be... And just see if anyone... Know, I'm sure they would notice, but I think it'd be funny to be like, hang on, he played the same thing. Like, would it be... Would they just realise gradually that he's playing the same thing every time? Or would it be an I instant... Hang like on, you just played that. You surely
1: know? after... I don't on, think would know. On the second time someone's ears whether it be the poets or someone in the audience someone's ears would prick up if i made it really Mine pointedly the same yeah. thing and then the third time it's like he's just playing c
0: major this is a song love about that how i think that'd be really funny I left my hometown and things are different now you know you killed like,
2: a fox or whatever I <laughs> think that's actually that common a theme to be honest but yeah i think that'd be Not really fun a fox. that'd be a fun experiment yeah
0: <laughs> welcome back to Tony poets
2: once what, you're <laughs> <laughs>
0: we take the left and make it right
2: hey that's good that's a good tagline yeah but for awful people (laughs) for awful people yes let's not exclude the tories from this podcast
1: you're right fair enough thank you for ruining our industry
2: cheers thanks guys at least you know like and subscribe leave us a review
0: yeah Uh, smash that bell it would really help Uh, me out
2: (laughs) smash that fucking bell sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh dear when i'm in the middle of a gig and i have to come up with something it i feel like often the best things that i've that i've written are almost always accidents you know like it's something that i'm trying out and there's a lot more whether it's immediate in my in my in my head or a little bit more subconscious there's a pressure to do it well and to not mess up but sometimes if you just sort of throw the rope out a little bit you'll catch something totally pretty much yeah totally i like, I like when that music I comes from if music I was if I was feeling you're already safe.
2: playing hmm. yeah i like when music comes from i don't know the chords you choose and you just hear a melody from the ones you're choosing that you haven't heard previously hmm. or you haven't put this course together before and it comes from listening and then thinking oh that'll work on that i like music that comes from that rather than like there's some musicians i know who would just pick a key signature pick the chords play them and think oh that sounds nice and the rules dictate this chord should be next i'm not huge on writing like that and i don't think i ever really have there's some people who try to stick to the rule of writing like a song a day or four bars a day or that kind of thing lots of famous people try and do that and i guess that's another thing like what you're saying throwing the rope out and catching something one of these will work or something like that so that is always an option as well we could start doing that mm,
0: true, but true.
2: um given the amount of writer's block we've <laughs> experienced collectively it might be a fairly frustrating idea yeah but we'll see
1: yeah i'm just gonna just gonna throw it right back to the very start of the episode um the the song that that we put at the start la i think this was quintessential for me of having writer's block and feeling like i had almost nothing to say um, but mm-hmm. I, I wrote that song when in January I went to Los Angeles to go to um, what's called the National Association of Music Merchants, or NAM. Um,
2: That's such a strange name. When you yeah. said you were going to NAM, I was like, <laughs> "Cool, all right, buddy."
1: I'll see you in nineteen seventy-one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it. it I, I went over mainly um, because I was helping. Um, one of the guitar companies that I work very closely with and have a signature guitar from, Loosome Guitars, uh, based down in Cumbria in Shout England. To Lusum. Shout out to Loosome. Shout out to Um Yeah, I, I went over to help um, to help Graham at Loosome put up a booth and and display some of his latest guitars that he'd built over in, in California. IA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound cool. Yeehaw. I thought it was going to sound cool. It didn't sound cool. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Um yeah. Uh <laughs> this is going a little off the road.
2: Oh Californian love. I thought yeah. it sorry. <laughs> 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 what a monotonous, so I wasn't sure what the tune was. Oh
1: my god, California. Yeah, so, anyway. So yeah, I, I went over there and um it was my first experience of ever having left Europe um and the the center of like, you know Really? Yeah.
2: Are you serious? That was the first time you left Europe. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so Sorry. It was, it was the on. first
1: big, I suppose. Trip. Big trip and really, I suppose, American and super Western experience that it had. Um, yeah. And wow. I think I was just. I felt really quite like a deer in the headlights and quite taken yeah. aback at just the scale of America. It's a very I suppose associated with celebrity, mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, city. Hollywood but It's, sort of it's thing. the size of yeah. the UK and more. I'm pretty sure. Um, and there's really yeah. Oh, there's millions of people oh, in wow. LA alone, and it's funny. Oh
0: uh, in LA,
1: people don't um, people don't measure distance by distance. It's by time, like f- because because there's so much oh, traffic, and you have yeah. to drive everywhere. Um, it's essentially. It's like
2: it'll take you two hours to get from I don't know, this McDonald's and also this McDonald's.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like oh so where do you it's live five
2: oh, kilometers just, away.
1: Yes, where do you live? Oh I am two hours down the road instead of two miles, you know, which is probably the same metric because yeah. there's just so much traffic and it's so huge. But yeah.
2: Have you heard the old the old joke, like people don't drive in LA, there's too much traffic.
1: <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> but yeah Like I can't
2: remember where I heard that. I know it's an old joke though. Yeah.
1: It's good. But there's there's um yeah the reason that i wrote the song was because i felt completely alienated by just how huge this place was i was kind of expecting to feel Mm. sort of at home and like i was part of a a greater community because it was a huge musician show yeah but all it did was make me feel a bit detached from i do that yeah like i couldn't walk around a corner without hearing like you know a 12 year old shredding a lot better than i ever could on (laughs) on a guitar being endorsed for some amp company or whatever and it's like oh wow everyone is constantly on like i need to i need to show up and really show off my skills um and i think as someone who often has a bit of trouble feeling confident with their own skills especially when i you know i find yeah. it so easy to compare myself to someone else and oh yeah and put it's myself a poisonous to thing an... to do yeah. but we all do it yeah yeah I, and i fall down that hole so often that i think it put me in in the hole a little bit and when i got back it was it was my last day of la actually um because I, uh-huh. I was there i was there with my partner and she'd flown off because she was going she was going elsewhere and i was flying back home alone uh, and I had a, a a full day to myself left in LA and I figured that I'd try and make the most of it and go around around the town go for a walk and see what I could see. I remember
2: you messaging me seeing, like, saying like, I'm just, I don't know what to do and I'm super bored. And, yeah, I, I just didn't, you
1: know, I didn't really feel...
2: I have no motivation to do anything. I didn't yeah.
1: really feel like doing anything. I felt quite... Lost. Yeah, lost. I didn't know exactly where I was supposed to be and i felt a little bit just on edge i suppose being there in mm-hmm. such a huge place on my own um and yeah. i i think i I just sort of started writing scraps of lyrics here and there um and then mm-hmm. when i got back about a week or so after i got back from la i, I finished writing it and turned it into a song um and it does
2: sound fairly lonely thinking about hmm. it now the song itself the main thing i get from it is um yeah a huge sense of loneliness and almost like you've been dwarfed by something
1: yeah that, that was exactly it um it mm. it was so hard to to feel like an individual when there's so many other individuals that you know that makes up a community yeah. but it's i left We're kind of feeling a little not. bit a little bit doubting myself because i'd just gone to a huge convention filled with like the world's best musicians and i left yeah. feeling like well i wasn't one of them was i
0: um let's get back to Sainsbury's please. Let's get back to Sainsbury's. Thanks Rishi. <laughs>
1: um but yeah, so I I wrote the song about that and I think that was yeah. one of the first times that I'd written something in a while because mm-hmm. I think for me when I try and write mostly it comes from a very internal place um and I yep. I find it quite hard to write about something that hasn't affected me either personally or emotionally. Fair um, enough, yeah. So I think LA was a bit of a breakthrough for that which is why I wanted to put it out in the midst of Mm -hmm. the pandemic because it's
2: the pandemic!
1: Yeah, It kind of felt a little bit quintessential in exactly the right time and the right reason behind releasing it because it was it's easy to feel feel as alienated right now
2: as you did yeah, back in LA, yeah, Mm. that makes sense and I think the release went really well and I think, yeah, it's a good song it's got lots of good Reviews and words, and you did well. Thank to you. release something at that time, but yeah, and the was, video was cool too.
1: Thank you. It, it was it was nice. It was nice to take it back to a really, I want to do something that was stripped back without, yeah, basically. The I wanted to take as everything. much away from it as I could and have it still stand on its own feet. Um, I didn't want to did. yeah, have too much successful. of, you know, too minimalist, much tensil.
2: I guess is the word. Uh huh, yeah that's too much tinsel on that too much
1: tinsel for tinsel town
2: too much tinsel <laughs> no i think you it worked really well and you did a good job with that
1: thank you i guess that's us for this episode um if there's anything that you guys um would like to hear us discuss or anything and you have any thoughts on what we've been talking about whether any of this um you feel relates to you or whether you entirely disagree and music shouldn't be written like this um <laughs> please um, get in touch um, my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook handle is at Jack Hinks Music, H-I-N-K-S what's yours Fee?
2: Yep, mine on Instagram is Leona Fiddle and on Facebook it's Fiona little Music I'm not going to spell it this time <laughs> um, you can also use our hashtag Line Check Podcast uh, if you want to get us on any other thing and you can't be bothered tagging us, that's the way to tag us I guess is using that
0: hashtag
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, if, if you like if you like the uh, the idea of us talking about writing, maybe you'll like what we write. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music and Title Deezer, Amazon. I don't know a single
2: person Google who uses Play. anything other than those two first options. I
1: think be I best. know or have met two people that use Deezer, but anyway, <laughs> it's on Deezer for you. <laughs>
2: Not to bash I, any of those streaming services. I just think your user base is is is, is irrelevant. <laughs>
1: Fiona Ladell.
2: enemy of the irrelevant oh my
0: god that's so good
2: <laughs> if you have a listen make sure to follow my advice of sharing it liking it you can buy Jack's merch he's got merch on the go as well um, and yeah just yeah keep supporting all your favourite local artists and musicians during this this uh, unprecedented Ugh.
1: time <laughs> that, that word man that, I word, man. that voice man but yeah, thank you very much for listening and we will be better next
0: time <laughs> I,
2: wish you, I don't know why that's caught on but I'm, I'm kind of
0: glad it has alright this town is far too big for me can't wait on corners patiently we built these walls I built these walls too eagerly